Hello, welcome to a new season of the Meet the Translator podcast. My name's Dot and in this season I'll be chatting to various guests about a variety of translation specialisms and this first episode is a highly requested one. Today I'm joined by Aman Abdo who's going to tell me all about video game localization. It's a specialism I'm not too familiar with so she's going to be explaining what video game localization is, what makes it special, what kind of files and projects she works on and of course, she'll also be sharing her tips for anyone who's thinking of specialising in video game localization. Let's get stuck in. Hi, Man. Thank you so much for joining me on my podcast today. It's really great to have you here. How are you doing? Thank you so much, Dot. I'm really glad to be with you here today and I hope uh, our, your audience enjoy this talk about game localization. I'm actually doing great. Uh, it's still in the morning so yeah I'm doing great. Oh that's good. Do you know what actually a lot of like so many people have requested that I have you on my podcast and this specific yeah. topic as well. Like I think it's the most requested topic and you're the most requested person. I think this is gonna be I think this is gonna be a really good episode. But um yeah, before we get stuck into video game localization, um can you give a little introduction about yourself, what you do and how you got to where you are now as a translator? Yeah, sure. Uh, I'm I'm Iman Abdul, an English Arabic translator. Uh, I've been mainly specialized in localization transcreation, uh, specifically uh, video games, uh, marketing, e-learning content. I'm also the contributing author of Egypt Localization Guide, which is a book that helps I know like clients or uh, business owners who want to expand to the Egyptian market, understand the dynamics of the Egyptian market, like localization-wise. I've been working on the games and apps for for so I don't know it's not that of much uh, long period, but I'm enjoying what I'm doing. How I ended up as a translator, that's, uh, I know, like, uh, long story short, I wanted to be an interpreter when I was around 10 or 11 years old. You know, like, growing up, I find that I'm better at translating than interpreting because it's, uh, I know, like, a complicated process for me to, you know, like, speak, understand, and and <laughs> interpret at the same time, so... Yeah, actually, I studied uh, languages and translation at the university. I've been learning, you know, like since then, you know, like uh, different, I know, courses, CPD webinars, you call it. Yeah, it's it. I'm really, I'm really happy to be in language industry. Sometimes I feel like I'm really lucky to be a translator too. Mm. It's a, it's a great industry to be in, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like knowing someone like you, for example, that would be a huge reference for me. Yeah. Oh, so kind. So, um, so what actually is video game localization? Well, we can say that um, it's simply you're translating uh, like a game where where. The, the content of the video game uh, but it's not like a symbol edit might look because you have to uh, translate everything in this game it's not just you know like the dialogues between the characters or um, I don't know like the, the description of events 
um, if we can define game localization, we can say it's a process of translating video games for a four-year market. So the main focus here is to entertain the users, which mm -hmm. uh, which are in this case the players. So it's user-oriented. It's not only translating text; you're also adapting images, videos, sounds, songs, animation, because you know that the text cannot be disassociated with the audiovisual audiovisual content and um, speaking of all these I know like elements you have to adapt all the cultural elements in the game uh, like the numbers the hyperlinks the colors even the covers of the video games the measurements uh, the legalization sometimes even the name of the game and the characters inside it so it's uh, I know like feels like a very complicated process to uh, be in <laughs> at the end of the day and uh, there are you know we can say some restrictions regarding the character limit how to be like gender neutral in some parts of, of games um, so yeah that's <laughs> briefly game localization <laughs> sounds like you're almost basically recreating a whole new game in another uh, language yeah yeah it's 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 like that especially if you're uh, you know like translating from a huge different uh culture like for me the english and arabic are totally uh different cultures and specifically if your culture is so conservative or having uh, some uh, cultural sensitivities about so many topics like arabic also for example so you have to uh, be I don't know like attentive to each and and every detail you you encounter while translating. Mm -hmm. So do you find that you get a lot more freedom with like in terms of creativity with this kind of thing compared to other translations because you kind of have to, I guess you have to adapt it a bit more. Yeah, it's to some to some point. Yes, this is true because you have to. You know, like one of the main things you have to be uh, as a game translator is to be creative because you have, uh, I don't know, a lot of creative text um, in front of you while translating, as I said, songs, poems sometimes, or I don't know, if you're translating text from a specific historical era, you have to adapt to the tone and the language to this specific era. So you can't, I know, like, I have this example <laughs> when, when, when someone I know like the during the Victorian age can't call someone a dude, for example. So uh, you have to adapt the language and the tone and the register. And the 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 other part that I don't know like hinders our way from being creative is the instructions because you know from outside the industry you might see that that's that's a very fun niche to be specialized in it is i'm not saying it's not fun uh, but it has so many restrictions i still remember that when i was just you know playing games i i wasn't like a big fan of how games are translated into arabic and i would say why did they i don't know do that with this part of the paragraph or how this word is translated in such a way until I became myself a game translator and I found out that there are 
so many uh, instructions and restrictions that hinder our way to be, you know, like fully creative and immerse ourselves into the game and, you know, like ignore any other thing because uh, the character limit is a huge restriction if we're speaking if you and if your language takes, you know, like more space and text uh, from the source language, like my case. Uh, in Arabic, mm -hmm. it would be a little bit challenging to adapt to the character limit, and uh, sometimes we we have subtitles, and um, you 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 don't I don't know you you are translating subtitles, and you know that you cannot like put a footnote or I don't know like uh, explain so much because that would take I don't know like space, mm -hmm. uh, so. Um, yeah, you have to, I don't know, like be creative at some at some point, you know, within your limits. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely know how that feels like as a subtitle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> luckily, luckily for me, it's usually okay because I do German and Dutch into English, and generally, English has less. Yeah. The words are smaller, yeah. and like usually it's okay. But I can imagine it's quite difficult doing it the other way um <laughs> you need to yeah. really condense it down so like I guess video game localization do you is it a mix of text translation and subtitling kind of thing or like say a client contacts you and says they need their video game translated like what kind of file would they give you like yeah it's mainly yeah, it's mainly Excel files. Uh, all of them, you know, like send Excel files. You have, I don't know, like we have this column of the source text, and if there are like comments that I don't know, like explain what this, I don't know, part of the sentence will come during the game or to whom this speech is directed, because video games, I don't know, like suffers from the lack of context. So you don't have so much context. You don't, I know, like you're not watching the game for example and you know translating what you're watching or you're playing no that that would be i don't know like uh in your dreams <laughs> not in the reality but um so you have to i don't know like play the guessing game to some extent until you find that you you run out of i don't know like guessing um so you need to ask in this case um, and the, there is like a part of the file that where you could you know, put your questions it's, it's called a query sheet and um, yeah it's mainly come in excel files some I don't know like big agencies or clients just I don't know export uh, the files so directly to the capital it's, it's also mainly MemoQ some other agencies use MemSource and it's it's really to use Kratos, but it's 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 used too. But MemoQ is our hero in the game localization. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so you never actually get to see the game itself. Yeah. Um. <laughs> unfortunately, that's true. Uh, but at some point, sometimes you were lucky enough to uh, work on a game that is already published, mm -hmm. and. Uh, Sometimes the client or the developer is very generous enough to give you, I don't know, like free access to this game and you play it to understand the dynamics of the game itself. 
Uh, but this is not <laughs> like the norm. The norm is you get uh, the you get the text of the game. You get I don't know like a brief about the game, or if there is a style guide for your language, uh, a set of instructions and set of references. If the game is a big game like is produced by Xbox or PlayStation, and they are mainly huge games, so they have. Uh, a lot of characters, a lot of set of events, so you need to know the qualities of each character, how they talk, to adapt the tone, or the sequence of the events, to be aware of how the story will, I don't know, like, follow. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, you, mainly you get the source, the references, and if you're lucky, you get more about, I don't know, the game itself, or um, some some agencies and clients are also generous enough to share some videos under development of the game, but I know like they explaining how the how the character will move in certain in a certain way or in a certain place. Because some games, you know, an apocalypse. The some games are uh, in a zombie era, and so you your imagination is <laughs> I know like very low behind the 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 programmers or the designers so yeah yeah it depends on your luck actually at the end of the day mm -hmm. gosh that must be must be quite frustrating sometimes when you just like you're just like I just want to see what this looks like I just want to know exactly what's happening I need the context <laughs> yeah. I can't yeah. imagine doing like I can't imagine creating subtitles for a video if I wasn't given the video, if that makes sense, like, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 like that, and uh, here comes I don't know like the importance of the query sheet. As I said, it's uh, you you you're asking whatever question you are need their answers for, and as long as you're explaining the reason behind your question, they will reply very fast, and uh, you will I don't know, continue your work. As smoothly as you can imagine yeah mm -hmm. that's quite good then at least <laughs> yeah <coughs> yeah so why did you choose video game localization as a specialism I can say that I <laughs> chose them because when I was working at a company the first company I worked at there firstly we're working on I don't know like marketing texts and you know like app localization and the I find myself like love these, I know, like fields or areas uh, rather than the legal parts and technical because they <laughs> they feel uh, I feel awful when I, when I see like a legal text or a technical mm -hmm. text. I'm and the same. then <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then I um, they have like more projects for mobile games, and I actually didn't think that I can I don't know like translate games. I didn't know that there this is like a specialization that this specialization already exists. So I started with the mobile games and uh, I felt like that's, that's really interesting. I, I would like to translate like more games. I, I like that. And um, time by time I felt like I need to move to a bigger agency to work for, to work for, I know, like the bigger games or uh, the AA games, like we say, in the industry. 
I found it even more lovely to be there and translate games, be immersed in, I know, different worlds, different genres. Someday you're translating for, uh, I don't know, like a serial killer or a shooter game. The other day you were translating casual game and in between you were translating, I don't know, a fantasy game. So it's, it's, it's really... It's really fun and entertaining mm -hmm. at the same time, despite all of the challenges you may imagine. Mm -hmm. Sounds like you do get quite a bit of variety. Do you have any sort of like favorite kind of projects that you've worked on that you can tell me about? Yeah, I can I can say like the genre because of the NDAs we are always signed. Uh, yeah. I always like, you know, the story based games. Because I feel like there is like something you can depend on, and any any story based game would would be my favorite. But I actually I don't know like <laughs> turned out you can adapt to different genres even if you don't like. You know sometimes you don't like a specific genre. I'm really uh, <laughs> afraid of seeing vampires and zombies. <laughs> uh, I can't I can't stand like seeing this. I don't know like. <laughs> for just one minute but I get used to it and I uh, find it you know like time by time it, it it became I don't know like easier still hate seeing vampires <laughs> but uh, it's, it's, it's not that bad yeah and I feel like everyone can I don't know find new I don't know like favorites or a genre they might like uh, I know like by exploring or discovering new genres because the, I didn't think that I would love to, I know, like translate, I know, like um, a game based on words or uh, puzzles or that stuff because I find it, and what is the challenge there? And when I started in, in a game like that, I felt like, wow, that's, that's really interesting. And it's actually full of, I know, like, interesting and thought-provoking challenges so you might see that or think that you cannot or you don't like this genre but by time by the time you experience working on it or playing it at the least you can say that's that's actually interesting it's not like what i've imagined before so yeah, I guess it's kind of like similar when because most of the subtitling that I do, I just I do a lot of movies and TV shows. And that's actually as much as it's a specialism, it's also just quite broad because there's so yeah. many different kinds of movies and TV shows. And a lot of the time I'm working on things that I would never like normally watch in my free time. And sometimes I'm surprised at like what I enjoy and what and the things that I really hate doing. <laughs> so I guess yeah. in a way it's kind of it's kind of similar. Do you, do you play a lot of video games like in your free time like when you're not working and do you class that as CPD? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, at some point when I I wasn't like uh, being a game translator I was just playing and I I catch, you know, the linguistic elements because it's just I don't know like my nature to be a maniac at languages <laughs> that's how I am so and um, when I just started at the game localization I, I started to feel like I have to analyze how such games are localized into Arabic and to understand how are different approaches to translate a game and in a specific era or 
you know, like when you are not, I don't know, like inside the industry, you you don't see that there are instructions or restrictions. But uh, when you just became like aware that there are instructions, so you can give excuses for whatsoever things you might see. Like this is not the best translation, but you think that maybe the client send them like instructions to use it this way or maybe they there is like character limitations so i started i know to consider it like yeah cpd yeah actually especially when i play a game that i i i personally enjoy so i enjoy the playing and i enjoy watching i know like the subtitles or the translation so um, yeah that's fun have you ever um have you ever done like done the translation for a video video game and then when it's come out you've then gone and played it and seen how your how your translation actually appears like in the game yeah yeah does that, does that, how does this actually feel <laughs> like uh, at the very beginning when there is like the they publish like teasers and i know like these uh i know ads or social media i know posts and I feel like, yeah, our work will gonna pay off, and people will, I don't know, like see what we're working on because you know, mainly work on games for years. <laughs> Sometimes mm. you spend like two years of, I don't know, like your your life uh, translating a game. So you you just would like to see how it will, I don't know, like get feedback from the gamers or the players. Yeah, I myself uh, find it, I know, like, <laughs> it's a little bit, like, frightening at the first, you know, like, when I just, I don't know, like, download a game I already translated, I, I was just, like, praying that everything <laughs> would be, <laughs> like, like, what I have imagined when I just was translating. Yeah, and when, you know, like, uh, I kind of, like, proxenated how to, I don't know, like, see the translation, because I really don't like to see, like, my work. It's like a, <laughs> it's like you're winning, I don't know, like, an Oscar, and you have to see, like, your performance. <laughs> it's just, I don't know, like, a very cheesy comparison, but <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's just, it, it was, like, really great just analyzing everything, and I feel like I'm the expert, like, explaining uh, the choices we have made at a team uh, to, I don't know, like, my siblings and my friends. So, I don't know, like, great <laughs> sometimes to see, like, your work. Uh, because, unfortunately, sometimes you're not credited for your work. And mm -hmm. because of the NDA, you're not... It doesn't seem like you're the person who translated this game. So, uh, when you have a chance, I don't know, like, <laughs> to feel, like, proud of how something you have worked on and you get credited for it so just have to use it <laughs> yeah i know i know the i know the feeling when you can't when you can't share it like when you've done a done a piece of work and you just want to like tell everyone and be like look what i've done and you you've like signed an nda and you're not credited and you're like i just i'll i'll go and tell my boyfriend and he can be proud of me and nobody else will know <laughs> <laughs> yeah Yes, actually, because, you know, like, they see you that you're working, uh, I know, like, for so long, and you can even say <laughs> what is your, uh, what is the title of the game. Uh, yeah. Sometimes in, in game localization, they, I know, like, invent 
the name of the project not to I don't know leak the title of the game uh, for I don't know any social media or any I don't know journalists so you might I know like working on Assassin's Creed and this is an example <laughs> and you can say uh, just um, I'm translating I don't know like uh, <laughs> Tom and Jerry for example so this is how you talk about the project uh, while the the process of working on it uh, speaking of localization mm. and so you mentioned before that like it takes it can take two years working on a video game is that like a normal amount of time like how does that work do you do you kind of get bits of like bits of the game to translate kind of throughout the process while they're developing it yeah sometimes it, it it's like games in, in batches or i don't know like uh, different volumes uh i know like uh not not every day um as i say so you know like in the first quarter you get i know this specific amount of words and you know they might i know like wait a month or so and they will come back with another batch or another amount of uh, files. So it depends also on how how much is um, the progress of the whole game because sometimes you you are translating while the development of the game is is already on. It's it's not finished yet. So you have to be I don't know like flexible enough to change whatsoever is going to be changed during the development of the game sometimes I don't know they published part of the game and they have to add I don't know like new content so you, the new content should be aligned with the uh, with the one that is released already so it depends on 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 the nature of the game while you're working for the agency or the the direct client the size of the game also because you know like indie games can be translated in two weeks or three weeks maximum mm-hmm. and but the games can take a year or two sometimes even three years because the development is is big and the writing is big so the localization would be also big so mm-hmm. yeah it depends on so many factors i guess Mm-hmm. Are you usually the only person translating for that whole game or do you work as part of a team? Yeah, it depends on the size or the volume of the of the work or the project. If it's, I'm not speaking of any games, sometimes you are the only person. There is not even a reviewer after you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for, I don't know, big games or AE games, that would be uh, so, <laughs> no, that, that would never happen because the volume will be... I know of so limit of of so many translators. So they they have like they they collect a team, and uh, there is like a team of translators, then a team of reviewers, LQA specialists, linguistic quality assurance people. So yeah, it's the bigger the game, the bigger the team. We can mm-hmm. say that. Mm. It makes it makes sense, really. I guess it's kind of similar with other other kinds of translation project if it's <laughs> if it's a big project yeah. you need a lot of people so what would be your absolute dream video game localization project yeah that's that's actually very uh, interesting i always think of that i i my favorite my absolute favorite game is uh, assassin's creed 
I was playing it in, in when I was really young, and it's it 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 happens or the setting of the game. Uh, changes like from I don't know like a historical era to another so you may I don't know like learn from the game rather than your history class or memorize I know the historical facts from the game mm -hmm. uh, than I don't know your history boring book so uh, yeah I, I would love to one day get <laughs> that chance to translate I know like an um, a game based on Assassin's Creed, you know, and um, I, I I would feel extremely happy if I translated a game based on uh, something like would be like uh, I know have information or raise awareness about something. Uh, I, re I recently played this game. It called uh, it's called Never Alone. It <laughs> it it you know it tells the story of a historical tribe that ha has lived in in Canada I believe if I'm not mistaken while you're playing the, there are like a set of videos that uh, tell the story and you know like explain how these people live in um, a very harsh environment or an environment not to not that easy for so many people to live in so <laughs> I would love to translate a game that is raising awareness about around like sustainability or uh, climate change I, I would love people to understand how this could be like a huge problem that to to tackle I hope I don't know like sometimes I feel like m many games are I know dealing with zombies and apocalyptic words and I don't know <laughs> monsters so I feel like we got you guys could have like enough of the monsters already and we we can tackle like human problems if we <laughs> i know if you allow me to just suggest that so mm -hmm. yeah like just still waiting for <laughs> the dream project <laughs> i believe that every nih project i work on some somehow somehow i feel like this is what i really would like to work on so i don't know like it's always it's always great to to experience like new games and mm -hmm. the new characters inside the game sometimes you learn from them i don't know how in in a very <laughs> strange way you get this code from the client and you you have it like stuck in your mind for a while and you can recall it in different situations yeah, and people are in the writing are really geniuses and creative enough to feel <laughs> to make you feel like that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I guess it like it's nice to it's always nice to have a variety of content to be working on, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, for anyone who is um thinking that they might want to specialise in video game localization what would you recommend in terms of cpd like how do you kind of train to do that kind of work yeah sure i i, I firstly recommend that you i know like find the course how to get into the video game localization because you may you may think that it could be like easier than it it actually is so you you might have to get a course or read a book about how to get into the video game localization or the industry in general mm -hmm. and uh, after that you 
just to have, I don't know, like, pave the way for your mindset to accept that there are different contents. It's not just, I know, like, text. You may, you may have to adapt a song. You may have to adapt a poem. So you need to work on the creative side of you as a translator. And uh, you totally need to uh, work on the understanding your culture and to be immersed in the cultural elements of your target language or your target audience. I also believe that, you know, like indulging yourself with the gamers from your uh, target language or your target audience would be very helpful, especially where just targeting the people who are playing games. So you need to understand how they think, how they prefer to, to see, I know, the translation or specific words. So that would be also a good one to, to know more about your audience. And you have to work on yourself, you know, like because you're dealing with different or a variety of content, as you said, um, that would be like difficult at the beginning, I have to say. And still mm -hmm. at now, <laughs> it's not that easy all the time, but uh, you get, I don't know, like more used to it. So it's not like that hard uh, when you are just starting out. So um, it, it, it gets, it gets like better by the more you work in on yourself. You can, I don't know, like there are, I don't know, like translation contests that take care of uh, game localizers and they have like look jam for example they have this annual contest of translating games people are or translators are joining together to have teams and to translate a game and that could be a good way to practice translation and see the different options of people working in your language there and uh, how they, I don't know, reach a solution or, um, I know, a specific translation for a specific uh, part of the sentence or a paragraph. So um, I guess that that's a good way. That's, it's, it's also a good way to know uh, fellow colleagues of the game localization because it's, it's, it's really important to know people from other language pairs to know how they handle things because sometimes you feel like you're the only one who is struggling with, I don't know, like the character limit or have, um, how to be like gender inclusive when you're directed speech, when you're working in, um, I don't know, like a gendered language. So uh, you will see that you're not, I don't know, the struggle is real and you're not alone in the world. And they <laughs> suffer also from this stuff. Uh, they might, I don't know, provide tips on how to uh, overcome these obstacles or these challenges. So yeah, I highly recommend, I know, like joining the next Luxam for any one wants to be a game localizer or a translator. I mean, it's yeah, it's always good to have people doing similar things to you, isn't it? So you can kind of relate to each other and then like, yeah. when, it's, when something's a struggle, you can be like, oh, like, <laughs> can't deal with this thing. And they can be like, oh, I get that too. Or like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so would you say that there's like a relatively big market for video game localization? Like, is it easy to, is it easy to find clients? Is there a lot of work? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I would say it depends on the language pair. 
also. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the game, the game localization industry is booming, and um, it's, it's expected to grow even uh, more and more, um, at least uh, for the coming years. Since the pandemic, the, the game localization industry became, I know, like more and more uh, important because everyone is sitting at home and everyone is running away from, I know, the news of the pandemic to, and wants to be, I know, like the superhero that saved the city in this game. So uh, mm-hmm. you love to play, you love to, I know, <laughs> escape from the reality. So um, many people are, uh, are turning into being gamers <laughs> if it's not I know a thing so and companies became more aware of the importance of the localization so uh, many many languages are emerging in the game localization like mine for example Arabic and uh, because uh, many countries are became like I know like open to accept new cultures and that not each and every game is, is, I don't know, like a bad thing for the youth or the younger generation. And because they absolutely could, I don't know, like, I don't know, ban whatsoever game they, they don't like and uh, no one can play it. Uh, so companies became more aware of the localization and um, the gamers themselves are requesting for their languages to be there because they want to play in their languages because it's, a, it's always easier and not everyone is understanding English. Uh, mm-hmm. That's the reality. You can uh, feel like many people are, I don't know, like aware of English, of the English language, but uh, that's not true even for the younger generation. It's it's not always easy to uh, understand each and every word in the game. So translation is important and the game localization is important. And um, it's it's easy to find clients. Yes, to some extent, yeah. Uh, if you're searching and if you're having this, I don't know, like funnel of uh, the clients you you would like to work with or I know the the kind of the games you would like to uh, translate their content you just have to find out how to I know contact the people in charge of recruiting uh, game translators or localizers and um, um, it's it's I know like a process you applying or you're I know filling the form they come back to you with the test you mm-hmm. I know uh, you pass the test they they include you in their I know like term base if they have like a project they will offer you to work on it or ask you for the availability you're accepting declining and that's how it is. Mm-hmm. I know you've mentioned agencies before. Do you only work with agencies on video game localization, or do you ever get to work with direct clients? Um, I have to say it, it depends also on 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 the language peers. Uh, mm-hmm. For me, Arabic is, is is still emerging, and not every game is fully localized into Arabic. And by fully localized, I mean each and every content of the game is localized into Arabic sometimes there is like just the basic localization which is I know like the information about the game and the website or the the stores that that uh, I know sells the game Uh, but they they are some games that are fully localized so in this case you 
deal with I know like agencies if you're translating indie games you just deal with the the programmer uh, so you just work with the, a direct client or the studio so it depends on the language pair you you just have to look at your language pair and see where your language pair will take you if your language like if you're translating for the figs French Italian German Spanish it will be like way easier than uh, speaking of, of Arabic for example so uh, to, to find direct clients and agencies as well uh, if you find like your your language is still emerging you can reach also direct clients it's it's not you know like a wrong movement or something uh, that's not like recommended you never know what's going on if you uh, you know like reach to a direct client they may have like a game in the cooking and you might be like the translator for this game so you just have to see where the language pair is I know like categorized in the in the market of the game localization and you act accordingly <laughs> okay so I guess you can have like a mix mix of clients yeah. just like you have a mix of games and a mix of projects <laughs> yeah. nice, nice variety so do you have any kind of final pieces of advice for um, anyone who's thinking that they want to become a video game localizer yeah sure i feel like if you love translating games if you like i know like playing games that would be i don't know like a good uh, niche to be specialized in and um, you have to work on i know like a set of things as i said creativity because you will deal with puns and humors cultural uh differences songs poems and you you just have to find out possible ways to get over the character limits or uh, to find different ways to use neutrality and gender if you're translating into a um, gender language you you also need to be familiar with technology uh, for example the cat tools uh, because sometimes you work in in a platform that is different and it's it's unknown for you so you have to be flexible enough to I know like absorb the, the needed I know like commands of this uh, platform or tool mm-hmm. uh, you also need to be like comfortable with translating different types of text because you're dealing with game manuals tutorials uh, sometimes even legal text uh, marketing newsletters uh, dialogues between the characters description of events yeah so so many different types of texts you also need to be familiar with the world of games it's always better to play the games to understand the dynamics of how the games are 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 in in uh in general uh but it's it's not i know like an obligation or something because Mm -hmm. you can because i know some of my colleagues hate playing games uh but you can just watch someone else playing the game on youtube or twitch if you don't like playing the game itself just to understand how everything is going in the game uh, or the dynamics of this game mm-hmm. i believe you also need to be able to start new things and challenging and challenges because uh, as i said um, some games take so much time and um, 
when you start this game you feel like you don't know anything about this game but you get references you know how each character is is talking the tone the register uh, the event or the setting of this game and um, you have this style guide the instructions you know the character limitations of everything but you just finish this game and start a new one and it's a new world with new style guide new instructions and you're starting like from the scratch so it's it's a little bit i know like frustrating at the beginning but i know you have to adapt and uh, <laughs> be flexible enough to start new things <laughs> uh, i believe also you need to be familiar with the different types of the games uh, there are some colleagues who are just specialized in in a genre or two in in games uh, but I feel like there are you, you, I don't know like the more the merrier if you can say that at least if you if you are just starting you need to I know like exploring the different things of the world uh, or, or different uh, types of the games like shooting RBG racing horror games adventure open world sports fighting it's 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 like if you know i know like the more games you would be like flexible enough to understand how everything is is going on in this game or in this uh particular i know genre because sometimes sometimes you work on a game and at some point this game has this event that is different from the main genre of the main game so you have to deal with another genre inside this game recently i find i find that more of the casual games have this tendency to add puzzles inside the games i don't know why <laughs> but because they found out that people are i know love uh, solving puzzles and matching or three matches so yeah so i i pretty much feel like these are i don't know like the needed uh, or skills for anyone <laughs> and of course you need to work on your target language improve your style practice as much as you can read other people's translation i feel it's it's really good it makes you and i know like open to think of different options than the options you're i know like regularly thinking of thinking of so um, it will help you to um I know like be <laughs> more and more uh, expert when you're translating mm -hmm. so I guess really flexibility is key right <laughs> like, yeah yeah <laughs> flexibility and willingness to learn and adapt um, yeah I think like you know you've been, you've been amazing like I've learned I've learned so much because I didn't really know a lot much at all about video game localization before at all and I've never really been much of a gamer or anything so like, <laughs> I always kind of wondered like how does like how does it actually work so um thank you so much um yeah. so what is the what's the best way for anyone to get in touch with you if they've got more questions on the topic or they just want to I don't know send a message and say hi how can they find you <laughs> yeah sure I'm always on LinkedIn um uh Maybe I can include, I don't know, like the link to my LinkedIn profile. Mm -hmm. It's the easiest way to connect with me or, I know, like say hi. <laughs> yeah. So I'll put it in the, um, I'll put it in the show notes so it's easy to, easy yeah, to click sure. on. 
Um, so yeah, thank you so much for your time. You've really been amazing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you so much, Dot, for the invitation and for this opportunity. I really, really, really like your podcast from day one. Uh, I I still the early episodes of Valentina, I guess, when she was giving I don't know like marketing tips uh, for starting freelancers and stuff like that. It was actually really great because. I don't know, I feel like <laughs> it makes me, I don't know, like more open to other options in my, I know, in, in, in how to find work, how to, uh, I know, like, it's, it's, I know, like very insightful indeed. So thank you for helping other translators, <laughs> actually, uh, that's uh, really kind that you dedicate a time for them. And um, yeah, thank you. And I'm Do really <laughs> happy to be here, actually, yeah. <laughs> I'm so, do yeah. you know what? I'm so grateful that so many people want to be on my podcast and like are willingly giving their time to share this information and I think like it's it's really like like I get to learn a lot and it's so beneficial as well for all the new or like experienced translators out there who just want to like I don't know learn from someone else and <laughs> it's nice yeah. to be able to do that and have like yeah. a platform so yeah, yeah. thank you Thanks for listening to this video game localization episode of the Meet the Translator podcast. I hope you felt as inspired listening to it as I did chatting to Aman. Thank you again to Aman for joining me today and make sure to check out the show notes for the link to her LinkedIn profile. As always, if you have any questions or comments about the podcast, send an email to meetthetranslator at gmail.com.